you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, a live literary event series from LAist. We are back with guests, author Amanda Montel and actor Bella Lavelle. You can find us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum. Tickets at LAist.com events. LAist Studios. Today on the LA Report, after a warning from the EPA, Hazmat is called to a Santa Clarita Valley landfill. A new area code is coming to Los Angeles, ruffling some feathers. There are for sure people in Southern California who will go to great lengths to avoid getting a new area code. And later, we talk with the lead reporter on the newest story from the Imperfect Paradise podcast. It's all about how the performers in a local strip club organized a union in a somewhat unlikely workplace. It's Saturday, February 24th. I'm Julia Paskin, and that's all coming up on the weekend edition of the L.A. Report from LAist 89.3. But first, here's the latest news. One employee was injured last night at the troubled Chiquita Canyon landfill in Castaic. A faulty high-pressure hose was the cause, according to the L.A. County Fire Department. The incident came just days after federal regulators ordered the operators of the landfill to take immediate steps to address issues affecting the health of nearby residents. Thane Berg is with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. The situation at the landfill was uh, deteriorating rather than improving. More than 7,000 complaints against the landfill have been filed from nearby communities. In a statement, Chiquita Canyon operators say they are working to rapidly address these issues. We are past the post-holiday winter COVID peak. That's according to L.A. County health officials. LA's senior health reporter Jackie Fortier explains the data. Fewer COVID-positive patients are in area hospitals and deaths caused by the virus are down from a high of about nine people a day in early January to four. Testing wastewater for coronavirus is the best metric we have to estimate how much virus is circulating. The level of the virus in L.A. County's wastewater has dropped to 30 percent of last winter's peak. That's down 22 percent from the week before. People can still get sick as cases trend downward. The virus is circulating at about the same rate as in early November. I'm Jackie Fortier. Meanwhile, Los Angeles is getting a new area code this November. It is 738. It'll cover parts of downtown where 213 and 323 numbers are currently assigned. As it turns out, a lot of people have strong feelings about repping certain digits, even the new ones. LAist Explained reporter Caitlin Hernandez says they're a badge of identity. There are for sure people in Southern California who will go to great lengths to avoid getting a new area code if they can help it. And I will say, do remember that assigned numbers with whatever your favorite area code is get freed up all the time. So you can always ask if you have to get a new number and you have to go to the phone store. You can read Caitlin's story on area codes and how people think about them in their communities at LAist.com. Well, this afternoon is the LAFC home opener against the Seattle Sounders at BMO Stadium. The black and gold went all the way to the MLS championship final last year, but lost to the Columbus crew. Kickoff for today's game is 1.30. And about 200 couples are expected to tie the knot today in Santa Ana because today is 2 Here's Orange County Clerk Recorder Hugh Wynn. 
I always look every year at uh, special dates because couples love it because, you know, like in the past, 12, 13, 14, or 2, 22, 22 was huge. Wynn's office extended hours to offer marriage services just for today, but he says this February has been pretty unusual. This has been a really busy month for us because not only the 224-24, but guess what next week is Leap Day. Wynn says about 180 people have booked an appointment to get hitched on February 29th. More after this break. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theatre Company at the Los Angeles Theatre Center, presenting the world premiere of Ghost Waltz by Oliver Mayer, a bold original recovery of Juventino Rosas, one of Mexico's most significant composers. Follow Rosas from his father's early death to his friendship with ragtime genius Scott Joplin, now on stage through June 2nd. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. Now to the L.A. Report, I'm Julia Paskin. So we all remember the well-publicized work stoppages of last summer, from nurses and hotel workers to actors and screenwriters. And one of the hottest local strikes to come out of that hot labor summer, as it was called, was the reopening of Star Garden's Topless Dive Bar, which in August of 2023 reopened as the only unionized strip club in the U.S. Well, the new series from Imperfect Paradise Strippers Union gives you the story of why the dancers decided to unionize, the behind the scenes of the campaign, its ripple effect among other strippers, and the benefits and limits of unionization. And the series also gives us the latest on what's happened since the club reopened as a union shop six months ago. I have with me the lead reporter on the series, LAist producer Emma Alabaster. Emma, welcome. Hey, Julia. Really happy to be here. Okay, so it's my understanding that it is not really common for a strip club to be unionized. What makes this club so special? So the dancers cite their strong backstage culture and community building as the foundation that they built so that when issues came up in the club, they were able to organize together and eventually unionize. Our show includes interviews with a bunch of the dancers. Episode one focuses on a dancer who goes by Wicked. We use dancer stage names throughout the show. And Wicked was the first dancer hired at the club post-COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. So she worked alone for a couple of weeks. And then as other dancers were hired, she basically was the house mom, meaning she took care of the other dancers and set the ground rules for how things were going to go. Many strippers I talked to said that it's common for clubs to be really competitive, like the dancers are treating each other as competition for tips and things like that. But Wicked really intentionally decided to create a different kind of atmosphere at Star Garden. Here's a clip from the show. This is Wicked. I've been in some places where it's like, it's vicious. 
and you are competing and you can't be friends with any of these strippers because they don't want to be your friend. That was what I told the strippers that were coming in. It's like, we're going to do something different. We're going to do something special. So it sounds like she created this very supportive community backstage. But what happened that pushed the dancers to try to actually unionize? That's another step, right? The dancers say there were issues mounting. So they alleged that there were discriminatory hiring practices at the club. They also cited different safety and security issues. And so that led them to bring a petition to management and ultimately to go on strike and then unionize. We reached out to management several times and they declined to be interviewed, but we were able to ask their attorney some questions. She declined to comment on most of our questions, but she did say, quote, I think we would strongly object to and be offended by any characterization of discrimination. So this is a four part series. What else can we expect to hear on the show? So we meet other strippers who actually feel that unionizing is not what will make their workplaces better. You'll also hear about what's happened in the club since they reopened as a union shop, how that happened, and in the last six months since they've been unionized, how it's going. And of course, I will go inside the club and tell you what that was like. That is Emma Alabaster, the lead reporter on Imperfect Paradise Strippers Union. It's a new four-part series from LAS Studios. First episode is out already. New episodes will drop every Wednesday. It's available wherever you get your podcast. You can also hear it here Sundays at 7 p.m. on LAS 89.3. Emma, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Weekend Edition of the L.A. Report. The Weekend L.A. Report is hosted by me, Julia Paskin, and produced by Monica Bushman and Kevin Tidmarsh. Our engineer is Sean Corey Campbell. The podcast is edited by Fiona Ng. Catherine Mailhouse is the Director of Content Development. And our Vice President of Podcasts is Shana Naomi Crockmall. Join us back here tomorrow. You can read more at LAS.com and listen live on the LAS app or on the radio at 89.3 FM. Listeners like you help make the L.A. Report possible. Please donate at laist.com slash join. This podcast is supported by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe quality journalism makes Southern California a better place to live. The L.A.S. Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.